Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Hello, Eno. How are you? Doing okay. <laughs> it, was a, it was a sad day, and, uh, you know, I also... Having just recently lost uh, someone to cancer in my family, you know, I felt that pang for for Tim Wakefield, but also a little bit angry at Kurt Schilling. I mean, you know, the the privacy <laughs> at those moments that a family you know wants to have, I think they get the last word on who gets when they get to tell people and how they get to tell people. And I cannot believe that Kurt Schilling went out there and told people. Yeah, but let's remember Tim Wakefield on a day like this. What a career. You know, we just did this with Lucas Ursig. Luke Lucas Ursig hit some bombs in AAA, but it wasn't going to be good enough, and he had a rocket arm, so decided to make him a reliever. I mean, remember back to Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle was supposed to be the first baseman of the Oakland Athletics. He, he is the guy they thought would be the next longtime first baseman for the A's. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, the Hall of Famer. You have the most saves. They're going to name the Hoffman Award goes to the National League Relief Man of the Year. Um, he was a shortstop at the University of Arizona. Tim Wakefield, a failed first baseman, mm-hmm. starts throwing the knuckleball. We have this article from Baseball America, J.J. Cooper. We're not going to have time to get into it today, but it's really it's it's been the crusade that I've been on about how modern day front office people are screwing up pitching all the way down to the minor league level. And, you know, you're going to get to a point where we're seeing so few innings in the minor league level. No one's even going to be able to, not even teams will be able to qualify for an ERA title. We'll get into that at another date. Uh, The one guy that can throw a lot of innings. We've talked to Steve Sparks about that former a broadcaster for the Houston Astros. And you think about Tim Wakefield, you think there ever could be a point, you're not worried about a guy's UCL when he's throwing knuckles. You, He's tough to hit. And if anything, they eat innings, like a tremendous amount of innings. It's almost like save the bullpen. And also, when you have a guy like that, Eno, who's up there throwing 
it's almost like I could come out of retirement and it seemed like I'm throwing hard coming after a knuckleballer. I mean, you've been seeing a knuckleball for six, seven innings. Now you're coming out. I mean, everything's going to look like it's 8,000 miles an hour. Do you think we could ever see a resurgence of the knuckleballer? Yeah, I mean, there's a Matt Waldron down in San Diego uh, yeah. who is really interesting because he throws the knuckleball as part of a an arsenal. So he's not so much like Dickey and Wakefield and some of the guys before it, he throws the knuckleball like 15% of the time. Uh, so it's just a, an interesting way to, to go at it. He has a 93 mile an hour fastball and a knuckleball, you know, so, that's devastating. Yeah. We saw, yeah, him. but at the same time, I feel like as a hitter, you can see the knuckleball coming because the mechanics are so different, but, but you you're, I mean? you're like, uh, here it comes. I get, I get stay back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you still have to time the 93 mile an hour fastball. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's it's an interesting combination. I also, th- when I hear what you're saying, I was just looking at Wakefield, and it's just like innings and innings and innings. Innings. And, uh, you know, with all the injuries we have and with what you were talking about earlier, with the fact that we're, I, I think, to some extent, what teams are trying to do is save bullets and not have their kids be injured in the minors. And and so that's the idea that they sort of just slowly ramp them up to, to get them to, to the major leagues. But... At the same time, like we, if we are going to do that, these kids come to the major leagues with 70 pitches in their bag, then there is there is a missing innings. There are missing innings out there that need to be refilled. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we can't just like have all the kids come up and pitch 70 innings per start and then use the bullpen. Like there's still somebody. So I think a knuckleball swing man would be really interesting. Like imagine if you had a guy that could mop up innings or uh, if you're blowing people out, you know, could pitch multiple innings uh, and could do it again tomorrow and could do it the next day. Like I would love to have a reliever that had a knuckleball. I don't know that I would trust him as my setup man or my closer just because hard to throw strikes. Yeah. The the throwing strikes is the, is the, the, the differentiator between a good knuckleballer and a bad knuckleballer. But uh, you know, there's, they've all had some issues with homers. I think sometimes the knuckleball just doesn't break. Uh, it's it's because it's so sort of a fickle pitch. And so uh, they do give up homers. And so I think it's it's not – you won't have an ace that's a knuckleballer again probably for a long time, and you won't probably have a closer. But there has got to be some use on Major League rosters. We're looking for innings everywhere to have a guy that can just go out there all the time. Maybe Colorado should go find five of them, and that's what you do every day at Coors <laughs> Field. Have fun with this. Uh, all right. We have breaking news. You have breaking news. Tell us what this bre- – we saved it because I'm saving it for you. You're the headliner. <laughs> what is the breaking news that we have for the postseason? Well, I just went up on uh, on The Athletic, uh, and uh, it's not – it's not. It's not. It's not really big breaking news. It's breaking news with little letters, not the big capital letter. If you know, we're not doing our old ABC. Hot off the wire. It's just a. It's a. It has to do with the process by which they are selecting and using the clock timers. So I think the one thing that was interesting about the the course of the season was we had a lot of, and we knew this would happen. We had a lot of violations at the beginning of the season. And then over the course of the season, uh, we saw fewer of them. And if you look at the 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 uh, a case study in 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 Philadelphia, we had a a ballpark where the Phillies players said our clock timer is too fast. You know, like we get dinged more at home than we did on the road. Like, what's going on? Something's, something's going, going on, on yeah. Here. And when we looked into it, 
Citizens Bank Ballpark had by far the most violations in baseball and a split where they were penalizing their home team more. (laughs) So, like, that was the kinks that were in the process of the pitch clock that, you know, over the course of the season, things kind of evened out. By the end in September, there were fewer than one pitch clock violations per four games. Oh, yeah. So, like, they really kind of figured it out. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Human beings figure things out. Yeah. Right? So how long have you so been, the, how, how long have humans been on this planet? We somehow seem to figure things out. By the way, I want yeah. to just tell you a quick little story because I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Mm-hmm. So at the start that you know where our booth is, the Ace Cast booth in the press box. So we're sitting in there and you keep hearing this beep, beep. Now, in our booth, our booth is so unique because our booth is the old replay room for the NFL. So during Raider <laughs> games, all the equipment is still up there. They've never taken the Raiders didn't take it, and you know Oakland's <laughs> not doing anything with it because they do nothing to the Coliseum. So literally, mm. how go- how long have the Raiders been gone? All the NFL replay replay technology is these boxes, and you see the wires, and people have taken stuff out, whatever. It's all still in my booth. So we're sitting there and it's just like deep, deep. And at one point I turn around, I remember talking to Cody and going, what the hell is that? What is this beeping in our booth? We didn't realize the replay guy was just on the other side, not replay guy. The pitch timer guy was just on the other side of us of the glass. So we raised the curtain and there he is. Beep. So when he pressed, <laughs> so, so what they, so it makes noise because they don't want, because once again, you have a human being doing it. You don't want the human being just, oh, I forgot. So he knows like, but the, the sound of it always, he's got to make that sound to keep them from not screwing up. So every single time he hit that button to reset the pitch timer, we hear beep. We got used to it after a while, but if you sit in our office, you sit, sit in our booth, you hear beep the entire game because the guy. So there is a guy sitting there with a controller. We look right at him and reset it, reset it. Re- he just does it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, and so there was some, there's some like feeling out of that process uh, between the umpires, and so if you look at Citizens Bank in the second half. They're middle of the pack with violations, and they 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 cleaned up that split between home and away. So they they've identified something in their process as the pitch clock beep beep guy <laughs> uh, that they you know when they start that beep or or you know what it was whatever it was that they figured they figured something out and they got better at it. So the the clock timers got better at it, and the the players got better at it. And yet, if there was a big walk off pitch time pitch clock violation that would be awful for the sport i think i think it would be really bad and so in in the the news is that baseball is taking the same approach to pitch clock uh coordinators as they are doing with umpires and trying to identify the very best ones taking them and away from their parks so and then putting them on one series so they stay with that series home and away they travel for that series and so it's like you know what they do with umpires where they try to give you the best umpires in the postseason so then that we're, we're not sitting here yelling at angel hernandez the whole time <laughs> we got the best beep guys in the business going yeah. so baby <laughs> um, older guys still have problems with it 
I, I I heard it yesterday with our own Vince Catronio. He said it because I have I have all of the notes from Major League Baseball. I have all of the stuff about how all this offense is up, time of games are down, rules are working, and I I did it. So I do hits during the game, and I did during my third inning hit yesterday about you know average on base slug, stolen base percentage, it's all up, pitch time, and then Vince, you know he's a old soul. Old baseball soul goes, yeah, I know, but in the postseason, it's different. Those pit- pitching's different. And I've thought about it. And there is really this belief that, okay, I hated it, but everything's showing me that it works, but I'm still going to hate on it because the postseason's different. And I just, I had this uh, question for you, you know, because I, maybe I haven't covered sports long enough and all the, even though I worked in the NFL, maybe I'm crazy. I worked in the NBA. Does the NBA, the NFL, and hockey change anything time-wise? Do you still have to snap the ball at the same amount of time in the postseason in the <laughs> yeah. NFL? Or these snaps in the NFL are more important, so we're going to give you more time? Right. I mean, they have they have a clock in those sports. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I think it's, um, it's interesting. I, I don't want – see, a lot of people in the media and the players – uh, like the pitch clock because the games are shorter. Yeah. But the players and the media are all working during these games. <laughs> and so I, I want to leave room for this idea that um, maybe not all the fans feel the same way that we do. I mean, we're working at those times. We It's okay to work 20 minutes less you know <laughs> like and then that the, that's why we all agree on it maybe well we but, all we all know that human beings they want it fast and short and when they want. When they want, I mean, that's, that's why that's pod- the modern condition. That's why yeah. podcasts. That's why they're, that's why, I mean, there's a reason why if you go back to yesteryear, even now, all the hit will even go back to radio. There's a reason why all the Beatles songs, songs are like two minutes. They're like everything, two minutes. No one wants to sit here and hear Freebird for 20 minutes. <laughs> Everything's got to be quick, right? We've always known that with human beings. So it's like, I, and, and the thing that's always been tough is like, Tomorrow we're gonna have all these games going on. Well, if every one of these games is three hours and forty minutes, my God, I can't follow. I mean, I, shorter's better. Yeah, um, the 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 league has been touting uh, the uh, attendance rule uh, numbers as as a big sort of evidence that um, you know the rules are working. I will have to push back on that a little bit. Uh, there have been twenty five non-COVID seasons uh, since since expansion, so with 30 teams. And this year's attendance number would rank 17th in those 25 years. So, uh, and also we had this big thing, COVID, zero fans for a year. I feel like some of what's happening now is just a return to normalcy rather than yeah. just like, we can't just take those numbers and say, oh, well, it's we're up 9% from last year and say, like, the new rules work. So I, I do agree. And, and I mentioned that earlier about um, I'm very sensitive when people say 2020 didn't matter because people who worked it, I don't think, feel that way. I mean, right. everything that we had to do. And then I just say, well, the final four in 2020, three out of the four are here again. And the other one could have been part of the uh, – t- so you look at the top seeds now, three out of the four were the top four of 2020, and the only team not is the Rays. It's just because the Orioles. So the same mm-hmm. guys that were competing for the championship, the main guys in 2020 are still the same guys today. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And from a just from a tenant standpoint, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, I guess. You know, it's complicated because the new stadiums back then, uh, you know, uh, you know, different sports have, uh, coming for the crown. You know, there's different, you know, UFC and like all these different sports have become more popular. So there's more there's more competition for your eyeballs as a, as a watcher in terms of what sports are out there. But uh, I think just generally, uh, I would say that I think it was a good year for the rules and I'm excited for uh, a playoffs that has more stolen bases uh and uh less time between pitches and i think uh even though these big moments of gravitas you want to be able to you know what clayton kershaw told me for this piece he said we have ways man we have ways we have ways to stop the game we figured it out you know like we we know we have so many mound visits and we know we we have so many visits from the 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 manager we know we have so many disengagements like if we really need to stop something we need to you know i think of alex cobb out here has uh really did like a a new ball thing when he was tired (laughs) whenever he was tired and he didn't want the clock to start necessarily but can i have a new ball can i have a new ball Throw that one away, throw that one away, throw that one away. Ah, okay. This one works. This one feels good. (laughs) So... He said, you know, Clayton only had one. Uh, Wait, I can't, I can't hear year. anything. I can't hear my, my, my pitch. Timer, yeah, exactly. I can't hear anything. Yeah. The pitch comms not working. And the catcher like, what? You can't hear it. Well, I got to walk out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. All right. Let's get into some games. I think this series is awesome. By the way, if you're the, you're, I, I, did you see Alex Bregman, the big speech that he was going to give for the Astros after the game yesterday? No, I didn't. Can you play this real quick for, you know, this is, this is one of the greatest, right? I like Bregman. I hate the Astros, but I love Bregman. So get ready. Everybody's got their goggles on. Everybody's got the champagne. Bregman's been a star for them, right? He is like, he's one of their pillars. He's He's their guy, right? He's going to have the big speech. We've won the what? Here's his speech. A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Strohs didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll never know. Uh, So the Rangers now got to go to the Rays. I got a whole thing on it right here. I think this series is going to be fantastic. Rays are in the postseason for the fifth straight time. They pitch. They play D. Um Jordan Montgomery was traded over. He's going to be your starter. Glass now hasn't been great in the postseason. When they're hot, they both can hit. Uh, Rangers bullpen scares me to death. It's got to scare Bruce Bochy to death. How you seeing Rangers Rays from the trop? I previewed all the pitching matchups for these four wildcard series, and this one was the easiest to preview, I feel like. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Well, uh, well, a, an utter De, slam dunk. DeGrom and Scherzer are going win. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, after all the injuries and they did try to improve that bullpen. And I, I will say that the, the bullpen throws harder than it did early in the season. And there's some good stuff there, but they have no command. You know, Aroldis Chapman, my eight, my 11 year old son said, you know, he's really the epitome of the throws 100 and has no idea where it's going, isn't it? <laughs> and then he said the throws 100 and doesn't know where it's going guy is kind of like the three true outcome guy isn't it 
<laughs> it's like, oh, it's not that hard to figure it out, right? Modern baseball. <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out. It's like, it's like, it's like we were tout Mason Miller like he's unhittable. And I'm like, well, when he's been throwing strikes lately, he's very hittable. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they, their bullpen has had like a six ERA, uh, in the, in the last 30 days. And, uh, you know, their, their, their starting rotation is going to be like Jordan Montgomery and then shrug emoticon after that. So, uh, you know, the, the Jays, uh, the Rays have a, a, have a distinct advantage on the pitching side. I think on the hitting side, I would probably give it to the Rangers. Uh, but it's not like the, the Rays can't hit. And, uh, and fielding, I don't know. I'd probably say it's a bit of a bit of a wash. So, um, I'm going to go with the Rays in this one because of the, the, the distinct pitching advantage. Rays 53 and 28 at home this year. How about Yandy Diaz first batting title for the Rays? <laughs> there you go. And uh, he does it with those, uh, Mark McGuire pythons that he's got. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen how big his biceps are, but, uh, I love Yandy Diaz. He's he's a he's a really fun loving guy and uh, hits the ball super hard uh, due to being super strong. And he has a really good sense of the zone too. So he's a, totally the kind of guy who can hit three hundred. Would we say the New England Patriots are one of the great examples how to win in the postseason back in the day? Would you say that? Yeah. So the Minnesota Twins would be like the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> the anti New England Patriots. Having not won a postseason game, and they've been to the postseason a lot. They've lost their last 18 postseason games. You got to go back to the 04 AD, uh, ALDS. Going up against the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays could be interesting with the pitching. Will I know they're, they're another team that, you know, God, you look at some of the names, they could be this great team. Uh, twins at home. How do you see Twins Blue Jays? Yeah, this one was the hardest one to pick, uh, pitching wise. I think that there's almost uh it's almost a pick 'em pitching wise because you think of guys like Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray, and then you got Kevin Gossman and Chris Bassett. So yeah, you know, I think they play they pitch to each other to uh to a standstill. Maybe the twins bullpen is better, maybe the Jays starters are better. Uh, so that's that's a kind of a, a wash. If you're talking about the 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 series as a whole one thing about the twins that's interesting is they they have put together an offense they've gotten good but i feel like they can be pitched to because they have really gone wholesale into this launch angle revolution like if you look at the leaders in launch angle by team over since Statcast, it's the minnesota twins they try to lift the ball and they try to lift the ball with power and so they strike out a lot they strike and out so, a lot and so they can be pitched to because they're trying to do one thing, which is lift the ball for power. And that's great, but they can be pitched to. You can strike them out. And I think that may be something that becomes more uh, interesting in the postseason. We know that, for example, teams that strike out less do better in the postseason. So uh, I, if I had to pick a side, I'm picking the Blue Jays on this one. I'm looking at Cody at that one. See? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you're, uh, Correa hasn't played since September 18th. Royce Lewis, when he does play, all he does is hit grand slams. Uh, he hasn't played since September 9th. Byron Buxton, I, that's not a shocker, hasn't played since August 1st. So you're going in. They're going into the series without their big guns. So uh, good luck in that one. D-backs. Are any of those guys coming back? 
We I, we'll see, but they have a play. Yeah, like we they'll, thought, they'll probably be cold. We yeah. were told when the A's took on Minnesota here recently that he was supposed Correa was supposed to be back. That was the second to the last series for the Athletics. We were told he was supposed to return during that series, and he did not. Uh, D backs Brewers, D backs. No matter what, what a run. We talked about the Giants were supposedly going to be the big spenders and do all this stuff. Still, the tenth highest payroll. Uh, they fell short. Padres spent like a drunken sailor. No offense to drunken sailors, but it would, that was just a joke. Uh, I'm hearing, by the way, you know, at some point they could be up for sale. Just, just, wow. just putting that out there for you. Uh, yeah, there, there's problems. There's major problems. Um, D-backs end up in the postseason. So I, I think they're in trouble here. I'll let you preview it. But the Brewers, obviously, they play a ton of close games. They got pitching. They, they're playing in their building. They are tough to beat. Uh, no matter what, though, I'm very happy for Tori Lovello and what they are building right now in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, I did a profile of uh, Corbin Carroll, and I've been really impressed with that young man. He's, uh, I think, already a leader and one of the best players in the big leagues. He did something that no rookie's ever done with uh, 25 homers and 50 steals this year. Um, and uh, I really enjoy watching because he's kind of like, he's a little bit shorter and a little bit smaller than some people, but he's super fast and super whippy and uh, he's a he's a really interesting player to watch, and just generally, I like Paul Seawald. I like some of their players. I like Zach Gallen, but um, I don't know that they've developed the depth yet. That bullpen is pretty bad, uh, even with the Paul Seawald addition. Um, I don't know if they've developed the depth to to go against the Brewers. The Brewers, uh, I think, have the advantage in pitching, and then the hitting advantage. Maybe Arizona has it, but it's it's not a huge one. Neither these are probably the two worst offenses in the postseason. Um, and so uh, I'm going to give it to the Brewers based on uh, their pitching supremacy. Yeah, I mean, you're going Woodruff, Burn, well, Burns will go tomorrow, Woodruff, Peralta. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got, and then you can take other guys and put them in the bullpen. Uh, I, I, that, who knows? That's what's great about it, but you look like Brew Crew will uh, kind of roll through that one. Phillies, Marlins, last one of the wild card series. If you did the tail of the tape this year, Marlins won seven games. Phillies won six. Marlins scored 4.2 runs per game while the Phillies scored 4.9. The Marlins out homered them 18 to 15 in the series. OPS 771 for the Marlins over the Phillies 773. Pitching, obviously, and experience. You look at the Phillies, uh, but the Marlins... Who knows? What well, if Jesus Lazardo goes out and deals and they hit some home runs and maybe there's a little magic. How do you see this one? Yeah, I, I think that the Phillies pitching is underrated, uh, maybe because that park can sometimes uh, be a, a good one for hitters. Maybe um, I don't I don't know why, but I actually think that might be the best bullpen. I think it's the best bullpen in the, in the postseason. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but like they have like four guys that throw 100 um and uh, five Kimbrel's, five different guys recorded a save for them in september that's huge. yeah that's i mean they huge. got sir anthony dominguez they got soto they got jose alvarado they got guys who've been closers elsewhere uh they have guys who throw 100 they have a young guy ryan kirkering that that just blew through the minors and throws 100 and has an 89 on our slider so i i really think it's the best bullpen in the playoffs i think nolan wheeler are a fine one too um and i think that offense is way better than the marlins that's obvious 
Um, so, you know, even on the defensive side, if you want to say that they have a flaw, a fatal flaw in defense, their defense has been among the worst in the big leagues. They've, it's been over and over. This year, they discovered Johan Rojas, like a, a legitimate center fielder. Uh, that can push Marsh to, to left field and, and Schwarber to DH. They've found some guys that uh, have improved their defense. And so uh, I don't think that this is necessarily as bad a defense. Even if you look at full season numbers, sometimes you don't get like full season numbers aren't the, what, what, they, what they are like with Johan Rojas in center. You know what I mean? Like that sometimes you look at full season numbers and it doesn't tell you the whole story. It's what what does the roster look like now? And I think the I had the Phillies as winning it all, like as a as a as sort of a dark horse. Ooh, that's my pick for winning. What about it all. their first baseman? Harper? Bryce Harper, baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. For 36 games this year at first. His postseason yeah. last year was epic. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. And and he he had had like a power outage early in the season with with the injury I think and totally, then yeah. uh, he he's got it going again so the power's back. I, I'm a, you know I'm excited because all of this stuff I've got I got all this stuff it, once the games start playing it means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. I mean we're talking about three games we're talking about seventeen games you know what I mean like it's you know it really can't be anybody. This, it's frustrating your me luck, as a unlucky. Guy. If you're if you say, like you said, the Padres were unlucky. Well, if the Padres are unlucky, can a team be lucky? Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, the Padres just were the best team in baseball in September by record. <laughs> so the Padres themselves like figured it out. But I, 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 you know, when you look at the numbers, you try to predict things in the postseason. It's uh, there uh, things that work for the regular season don't work in the postseason. It's it, in terms of prediction. And so I just try my best to kind of look at things that I care about. But at the same time, I guess, I don't know if that's like a hot take or like no, a real true. revelation. You don't know you're, de- you're dealing with human beings. I always go back to the, the one 17 suit. games. You know, I, I always remember the, the, the one, um, the one that always gets me and I always like to reference it and, switch into another sport real quick because the run was so unbelievable. No one predicted it. It was when the giants took down the Patriots, the undefeated Patriots are looking like the greatest team of all time. That giant helmet catch. Yeah. Tyree. So that's that that's, they had to go to Tampa. All three of their playoff games were on the road. They had to go to Tampa, beat Gruden, then they had to go and play the Cowboys, who they had lost both games to. Then they had to go to Lambeau Field, and it's freezing cold, uh, against Aaron Rodgers. So all three of those games, they're they're the underdogs. And then you got to go beat the undefeated Patriots, who people are saying is the greatest team of all time. Oh, it was the undefeated year, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you just don't know. Like, we can sit here and say, well, the regular season, postseason, this doesn't work in the postseason. Like, who knows what works? It's just, you know – it's like I think of uh, Billy Hatcher for the Reds in the 90 World Series against the A's. Think about the stars for the Reds. Think about the stars for the A's. Those are two star-studded teams. You got but you got Hall of Famers, great players. And Billy Hatcher's the main guy? I mean, you just don't know. <laughs> I love looking through, like, the list of World Series MVPs. You know, you're just like, some of them are just like, whoa, that guy was a World it's Series like, MVP? looking at the notes, don't forget, Jorge Soler a few years ago was the World Series yeah, MVP exactly. for the Braves. He's now a Marlin. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we have found, according to Commander Cody, he has found one thing that all the playoff teams have. 
Nice. They all use their bullpen over 35% of the time. Now there's a be- your other one's better. Oh, the, the, the thing I say earlier? Yes. Uh, every single postseason team has at least one Oakland Athletic on it. <laughs> every single team has a former A on it. All right, where do you, where, where do you want to start? Well, I was like saying Tampa's got Bethancourt. Who's, yep. who's Philly? Pache. That's, yeah, Pache's over there now. <laughs> all right, I can't debate it. Is he going to be on the roster? Uh, good question. We'll find out tomorrow. I think, all right, technically, really... <laughs> he's been playing for them. Every single team has a former A? Yeah, someone someone tweeted it out earlier. Then I looked, and I was like, you know what? They're right. Uh, well, Braves obviously have Olsen. Uh, Murphy Olsen. Yeah. Uh, Walsh, Walt Weiss. they yeah. got a ton of old A's. Um, let's, see, let's look at the teams playing. The Twins have Sonny Gray. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Emilio Pagan. Um, the Brewers have Mark Hanna. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. It, Donaldson. Um, mm-hmm. The Blue Jays have Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, and Ernie Clement. No, Ernie Clement. Wow. Uh, um, wow. Who? Uh, Diamondbacks have Jace Peterson. Oh, that was <laughs> by the nick of their yeah, barely. Uh, who the Astros have? Um, oh, I was I had was looking at Dusty list. Baker. Dusty Baker's a former A. <laughs> no, there's there's someone on there. I'd have to I'd have to think about who it was for them them. Um, the uh, we did the Phillies already. We did the uh, the Orioles have um, uh, Fuji. Ah, Fuji. So there's I, oh 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 the Astros have Graveman. There here is Kendall, Kendall Graveman. Graveman. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We found how do you get to the postseason? Now, I'm trying to see. Uh, someone had someone tweeted it. Um, let's see if the I can find it. an A. Uh, I'll see if I can Max find. Muncie on the Dodgers. Muncie, yeah. There you go. Um, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think of all the playoff teams overall. Uh, we got who are the okay, we got Blue Jays, we got Twins, Rangers, Brewers, Jonah Heim, Simeon, oh, Brewers. Brewers, yeah, jo- Jonah Heim, Simeon, Simeon yeah. Orioles, Atlanta, da, 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 da. Marlins, Jesus Lazardo, AJ yeah. Puck, Jesus Lazardo, game one starter. Someone has and Fuji. Someone has Joey Wendell. I forget who has Wendell. Is that the Marlins that have Wendell? Oh, the Marlins have Wendell. And yeah. then um, the Rays have Beth McCourt, as you mentioned. There's one other A, I think, on the team, too. I just remember Beth, Beth McCourt. Isn't that amazing? Like, Beth McCourt. Oh, and AJ Puck's on the Marlins, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. Beth McCourt still I didn't realize he's still doing a lot for the Rays. Yeah. And I think there must have been a fundamental disagreement about whether or not he could catch. You know, I think that probably was the reason that trade was made. All right, Eno, great stuff. Are you fired up? I mean, this is, I mean, I had the days for you when when they put I like that. I like the, I like when there's three games in one day. They're all playoff games. I like that. That's fun. Well, when I saw this, I was, uh, it kind of takes you, you know, for people like us who do this every day, people, you know, we're not able just to come in and out. We do this every day. Um, yeah. We made it through a 186-day grind of a regular season, 2,430 games. <laughs> now, think about that. The magnitude, just think about, as Reggie Jackson once said, the magnitude of me. Um, think about that. 186-day <laughs> grind of 2,430 games, day after day. All the highlights. I probably shows. averaged – I probably watched 500 regular season games, but I wouldn't say that I watched them start to finish. So I watched. It's impossible. It's like college college football on Saturday. It starts at 9 a.m. and it ends with, I was watching, I was doing the post game. 9 p.m. Oh, it's like almost midnight. I was watching after dark football, FS1, 
Yes, I, I'm sitting here doing the A's postgame show, and I'm watching Reno against Fresno State. Oh, You can't watch every college football game, but you're, like, watching parts of every game throughout the day. Uh, that's, that's my life in baseball. One player we forgot, a team we forgot, the Dodgers, Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan. Mm. Or Muncy. No, we didn't know. I, I had Max Muncy for the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, they, they, the guy who did it and put Muncy on here. Yeah, they, they didn't. Uh, the other, the other uh, Tampa Bay Ray is Jake Diekman. Oh, Diekman's over. That's one of your sticky stuff guys right there, you know. Andrew Chaffin <laughs> on the Brewers. Um, what? What would, Take us out on this before it all starts. I know you've researched it. What is the one thing the team that wins the World Series has to do? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Uh, put the ball in play and put it like I make contact and hit homers. Can I do two things? That's two things. I'm gonna say hit homers. If you out homer your opponent, uh, you win. You know, 80, 90 percent of your games. So, homer. That would be interesting to go through the fall classic because, like, you remember Bill Mazeroski in that walk off, that great home run by Pirates. But the Pirates were way outscored by the Yankees in that World Series. It's just in those four games. You know, they got hammered and they get three games they lost, but the four games that they the won. The anti-run differential of World Series. Yeah, so I, I I would wonder, like, going through, like, how many times did the team that homered the most won the World Series? Probably a lot, but yeah. But you like – I, I do like that. The team that doesn't sit there and whiff all day long. Yeah, that's important, too. Because whiffs – I don't know. I'm not – there's no data behind this. I'm going to do the old eye test. There is something – awful about striking out a lot in postseason play on national television it just it <laughs> well, look it looks demo- like during the regular season we don't care but during the postseason it seems demoralizing there's also this you uh velo goes up in the postseason because you're facing the best pitchers you like if you have a guy throwing 88 that just got you through the season you don't necessarily pitch him in the postseason you know so like Velo goes up in the postseason. Adrenaline goes up in the postseason. You're seeing better stuff. And I actually saw some research that shows that as stuff goes up, the importance of your ability to put the bat on the ball goes up. Um, and so, uh, you know, bat speed is really important a lot of the time. But as stuff goes up, your your bat to ball ability goes up is more important. So breaking news, you know, you know, breaking news. Jesse Rogers, our buddy from ESPN, friend of this program, has just tweeted. Uh, Brandon Woodruff out for the wild card series and possibly the playoffs with a shoulder injury per Craig wow. Council. No. Oh, wow. Still taking on the win. Well, will Council be the next manager of the Mets? Yes. Buck Walter just got fired. David Stearns is over there. Yes. I love David Stern. And I think Bob Melvin's going to be the next uh, manager of the Giants. It's my guess. David Stearns was great today. Hey, listen, I-, I was under contract with the Brewers as of yesterday. I'm just showing up today. I love Buck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did have a I did have a list of uh, of managers from one source. I, I couldn't get it verified, but I got uh, one source saying uh, Donnie Ecker, Mark DeRosa, and Bob Melvin are on the short list for the Giants. Donnie Ecker, Bay Area kid, uh, who was now with the Giants, which is with the Rangers. Um, interesting. That's an interesting name. Yeah, Bob Melvin. I mean, there's going to have to be a parting of ways. He's got one year left on his deal. 
Yeah, but maybe that could be a way if Preller keeps his job, that could be a way for Preller to get out of it without firing him is just let him talk. How to can Giants. Preller fire another or get rid of another manager and keep his job? This it's way he insane. won't be firing them. He'll it's just be insane. letting him talk to the Giants. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, buddy. Great stuff as always. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for having Here me. Here it is. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Bye, Eno. See ya. Great Eno Saris. Good stuff as always. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.